And let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew 27. We are going to begin reading in verse uh, 45, and we'll read responsively through verse 50. Matthew 27. How is the temperature? Is it hot? All right, Matthew 27, verse 45. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And so I want you to look at verse 45. It says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And so we want to talk about this this morning, darkness over all the land. In many ways, uh, these things are happening to us uh, spiritually, but we do have the hope of uh, the new day, the hope of the bright and the shining light of Christ, and the hope of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the uh, message. We yield your spirit. We pray that you would uh, wash us in thy blood and make us a vessel meet for thy use. We pray that you'd speak to us and through us. We pray that we as your people would give thee the glory and the honor which uh, you deserve. We pray that we would love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbors, ourselves. Help us to be busy about our Father's business. Help us not to focus on the darkness. Uh, we realize it, but help us to realize uh, resurrection morning, to live the power of the resurrected life. We pray that you would speak to every heart, uh, open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law, that you would turn us and we shall be turned. Something would change. You'd do a great work. Help us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Darkness over all the land. We need to understand life and one of the great aspects of life is movement. Life never stays the same. We must not forget this. It's always changing. The devil wants us to get caught up in a certain part of life, a certain phase or cycle of life. But life's always changing. Life is always moving. If it's not, it's very stagnant, and it's very lifeless and dead. So in life, we have phases. We have cycles of life. There are 
seasons of the weather of the year. And then in time, everything's changing. There are seconds, minutes, uh, hours, days, years, decades, centuries, millennia, eons and eons of eternity, and uh, etc. So in the daytime, we have the moon phases, the lunar phase, and you have sunrise. It grows from uh, darkness to light. It comes on uh, with power. Then it comes to what? High noon. When high noon comes, it begins to wane, and the darkness begins to uh, come on, set in slowly with the sunset. And then we have what the Bible calls the twilight, the dark night, and then it cycles over and over again. And God told us in Romans chapter 1 that the visible things of the creation is the manifold uh, realization of the invisible things of the Spirit and the truth of God. And so God told us this creation is to reveal spiritual truth. So many people just live life with their physical eyes. They're blinded spiritually and they fail to realize God's trying to teach us something about spirituality and the things of uh, eternity. So the visible reveals the invisible. God gave the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the, uh, the night. But there's also spiritual light. So this lesser light, the moon, is supposed to be a reflection of the, the greater light that rules the day. And so we're to reflect, be still, take time, uh, commune with your own heart on your bed, as David said. He said, I will pray morning, noon, and night, walking with God all the time. Uh, Psalm uh, one. It says that the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. And so these are trying times, though. Living by faith, waiting on God, waiting for the sun to come up again. The darkness of life, the trying times. So every day, every week, every month has this cycle, and it's a moving cycle. It's not stagnant, and it's not dead. So we need to understand this because if you're in a dark time of your life and you dwell on the darkness, you could become very depressed, oppressed, depressed. You could become very sad. You could get trapped in the darkness. We need to remember, light's coming. The sun is going to come up again, Lord willing. Uh, the resurrection morning, this is what we're supposed to learn from this. One of the things... And I want to read you that famous passage in John chapter 3. And the Bible talks about this. We know the, the famous one, uh, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the, it follows by saying this. Listen carefully. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, 
that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So men love the darkness. Why? Their deeds are evil. It's also a cycle or phase of life. We need to face reality. We're all going to get sad at times. We're all going to get let down, maybe disappointed, maybe hurt by someone. All of us are being attacked, whether we realize it or not. This is physically, economically, politically, spiritually. The forces of evil are moving, and if we don't watch it, you can begin to focus on the negative and the pessimistic. You know, I always say you ought to know the news and be informed, but then let it go. Uh, don't dwell on it. You don't want to be ignorant. Uh, you want to know the issues. Once you do, though, let it go and uh, move on. Because why? Life is uh, kinetic. It's moving. And if we don't move on from the darkness to the light, we'll get stuck. And men love darkness because their deeds are evil. That's why they call it the night club. That's why when the lights go off, the cockroaches come out. Uh, we were talking about those uh, cockroach boots. Uh, I, I had some. Not, so you got the round toe. I think it's called the R toe. I, I forget. Then you've got the snip toe, and then you got the cockroach toe. So when the cockroach gets in the corner, you know, you can uh, get him real easy. But, uh, well, yeah, when the lights go out, the, the co uh, that's when the cockroaches come out. The men love darkness. Their deeds are evil. And we're in very perilous, perilous time. Men are lovers of themselves, heady, high-minded. All of these things are going on in society around us. And if, if we're not careful with the spirit of the Antichrist moving mightily in the last of the last days, we could become very trapped in our own mindset of there's not much hope. There's not much to look forward to. But the reality is, Jesus is coming. Amen. The darker it gets, this is to remind us it's about to become daytime. Amen. It's about. So let me make a few observations here. This is very important. We need to be aware of the movement in life and the cycles of life. If you understand this, you will not be shocked. You will not be overwhelmed. You realize how God made life. So it's going to go from dusk to pitch black to dawn to sunrise to high noon to sunset back to twilight Everything is moving in our life, and that's why I was taught you never make big decisions in the time of darkness. You never make a big decision when you're sad, when you're depressed. You just stay in there and, and uh, do what's right. God's going to pull us through, but a lot of people, they'll change, uh, they'll leave their spouse, or they'll change jobs, or they'll move, or they'll trying to make some really big decision in the time of darkness. Well, what's the problem with that? You can't see clearly. There's not enough light. Your uh, judgment has become foggy or clouded. Everything is gray. Wait till 
God brings the light, then you can think clearly. So we need to be aware of this. Um, are you coming right now? Are you in a dark time of your life? Is it pitch black? Did the sun just go down? Is the sun about to arise? Some of us might be at high noon right now. Everything's just going great. You're smiling, a spring in your step. Or if you know the truth, though, you know what's going on. You know if you're spiritual and have any discernment at all. So you have this balance between what's going on out in the world with the spirit of the Antichrist and what's going on in your own heart, in your own mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You've got physical difficulties, financial, uh, all your relationships, your uh, career, your place of employment, the way that you make money, and all the different aspects of life. Where are you at right now? It's going to change. Don't give up if you're in the dark. The sun's going to rise again. Don't give up. Number two, this is the physical light of the sun and the moon is very manifesting of spiritual truth. So this is going to happen to us spiritually. Sometimes you might feel a little bit down and you don't even know why. Because emotions come and go. We're not supposed to live by feelings. We're supposed to live by faith. With the, with the cycles of your body, we're largely composed of liquids uh, or water. You're going to have emotions, and you're not going to know why. Sometimes you'll feel good and, and say, I have no reason to feel good. And then sometimes you might be sad, and you'll say, well, something good happened. Why do I feel sad? So we're not to be a slave to emotions. The just shall live by faith. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You know, if you have a job and you live by emotions, just if you don't feel like going to work, just don't go and see how long you keep your job. Well, I just didn't feel like it. I just don't feel that way. Hey, that has nothing to do with it. The just shall live by faith. So the sun and the moon and the cycles of the darkness and the light, God wants us to understand spiritual truth from the creation. So we need to come to the light. Come to the light. Wait for the light. Be patient. The light is coming. The, the, I love that song, let the sun shine again. Let the flowers bloom again. Let the sun shine again in my heart. Holy Spirit, reprove, rebuke, then embrace me again. Let the sun shine again in my heart. It's coming. You know, sometimes we get in a low and it seems like, how long is this going to last? Or we get in a dark time of our life and we think, sure seems like it's been a long time. The sun should have come up by now. We need to be patient, wait for the light, come to the light, and this is a trial. Remember this. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. We're all going to get tested. God's going to test. He's going to take away that tingly feeling. 
He's going to take away that excitement and that zealous spirit. And he's just going to leave us alone and let us sink and see what we're really made of. The just shall live by faith. We need to pass the test. We need to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we need to wait. The sun's going to come up. You know, I, I can testify. It always does. It's not if, it's when. It's just a matter of time. Let God be God. So in the text, this is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were told in verses 33, 34 of Matthew 27, he's taken up Golgotha's hill, the place of the skull. And if you've ever been there, seen it, it does look like a skull. There's a lot of deep truths with that um, truth. He's nailed to the cross, those wicked iron nails. He became our sin. The innocent became guilty. God loving the world, shedding his blood for the remission of sin, the propitiation of the sin of the world, especially those that believe. He's offered vinegar to drink. He rejects it. They part his garments. They cast lots to fulfill the prophecies. They gamble on his clothes and for his clothes, the wicked Roman soldiers. And the Bible says they sat down and they watched him there. This is really amazing because the cross was at the intersection of two major highways. It would be like Highway 90 and Highway 83 in Uvalde, downtown square, and Jesus was crucified at that intersection, and all the travelers passing by, all the people who knew what was happened and, and his earthly ministry and the power on his life, it says they sat down and they watched him there. And they begin to make wicked accusations against him. They called him the king of the Jews and they set up that, ins uh, and they were mocking him and they set up the inscription. And then they begin to wag their heads. And, you know, they just said, um, he said he'd destroy the temple, rebuild. Is it hot in here? We don't want it to get too hot. They wag their heads, they're passing by, they're mocking, and they say, If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross and save thyself. And they're wagging and mocking, and others said, He saved others himself he cannot save. What a, a, a shyster or a con artist. And even it says, the chief priests and the elders begin to mock him. And... You know why he couldn't save others? Because he was saving us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord he didn't come down in the darkest time of his life. You know, you think about when that first Lord's Supper, and he said, it's he that I dippeth his hand with me in the sop. Uh, I love what 
Brother Ruckman said about that, the son of perdition, you couldn't make that stuff up. The sop, Judas Iscariot, the son of perdition. What thou doest, do quickly. He goes out, betrays him for 30 pieces of silver, and then they sing a hymn. They cross the Kidron Valley. They go up to the Mount of uh, Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's tempted and tried, and he prays, and uh, he he. He sweats great, sweats uh, uh, drops of blood. God sends angels to minister unto him. And this is the trial, the holy, sinless Son of God becoming the sin of the world. The dark, we can't even fathom the darkness and the depth of his sorrows. And now it's, the sixth hour. So remember, the day began in this context at 6 a.m. So the sixth hour is high noon. At high noon to 3 p.m., darkness covered the earth. Utter darkness. And this is why, at this time, the Father turned his back on him. Why? He was becoming our sin. He was vicariously dying in our place, the innocent dying for the guilty. God was uh, afflicting his soul that he would be satisfied. And so darkness over the land from high noon till 3 p.m., he cries out, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You know, I was talking to someone yesterday about this, of uh, there are many pains in life and one of the greatest ones is abandonment if you've ever been abandoned and somebody left you and utterly forsook you it's one of the most horrible saddest feelings there have been people abandoned as children i knew someone that their parents sold them in new york state they didn't want them they abandoned them and sold them. And there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and somebody just drops you. It's, it's one of the saddest depths of souls. You can't even really describe it or explain it. God the Father turned his back on the Word made flesh. A lot of times we take this for granted and read it casually what Christ must have felt the darkness of even the father remember just before this in the garden when Judas had betrayed him it says they all left him and fled that the prophecy would be fulfilled in Zechariah the shepherd was smitten and the sheep were scattered what a sad darkness over the earth when he cries out, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it's dark when it should be light. And the graves open and, and many that slept rose as a testimony that Christ was the Messiah of the Jews. The loss, the sorrow, the despair, the abandonment that Christ experience for us but look what happened the good news 
And God wants to do the same thing for us. I, I want to read this for you in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 1. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, there it is, you see that? Toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. The day is dawning. For the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as a dead man. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. Look what it says. As it began to dawn. For the, toward the first day of the week. The darkest time. You know, sometimes it's darkest before dawn. I want to encourage you today. You might be going through the depths of sorrow, the saddest time in your life. You might have been abandoned, forsaken, betrayed, let down, disappointed. Things might have not have been going your way so far in life. Maybe it's your own fault. Maybe you've sinned against God and you need to repent and turn back to Him. Maybe it's not your fault and it's just what life has dealt you at this particular time in your life. We need to remember, it's the dawning of the new day. And God wants to give us the light of the resurrection. Now what did He say? He said, go tell the disciples, go tell Peter... Go into Galilee. He'll meet you there. Just like he said, if you go to your place where you walk with God, where do you meet God? It ought to be in your heart. What is your place of quiet time and rest with the Lord? He'll meet you there. Now, the power of the resurrection, this spirit of holiness, Romans said, and Paul said, it is a powerful declaration. In Romans 8, he said, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken our mortal body. This is good news. Amen. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken our mortal body. Now, the darkness will not last forever. Life is kinetic. It's moving. There are cycles. The pain and the suffering will end. The persecution, the mocks, the ridicule, the scoffers, the unbelievers, the gainsayers, the trials, the tribulation, the hardness, living by faith, the test. And that's why we are to count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. You know, I've learned whenever something happens, I go, oh, I don't know how much more I can take. I just... I just count it joy. I say, Lord, there's a reason for this. This is the trying of my faith will work, work patience. Let patience have it, its perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and abradeth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Don't be double-minded. So here's what happens. And I'm almost through just a... You're in the dark. We've all been there. We're in the dark. 
We believe light's going to come. God's going to show up, turn the lights on. The sun's going to rise. It's the dawning of the first day of the week. We need to wait on God. So here's what happens. We start second-guessing, rethinking it, reliving it, and then we are double-minded. And it said, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. We go back, and just like I think sometimes Joshua prayed and the sun stood still for the Israelites to win the battle, I think a lot of times our doubt makes the sun stand still, but we're in the dark and the dark lasts longer than God wants it to. Live by faith. Trust God. We're in the dark. It's the dawning of the first day of the week. So, what is your situation now? doesn't matter how bad, how sad, how oppressed, how gloomy. All things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. God wants to bring the light into your life. God wants you to come into the light, but men love darkness because their deeds were evil. Neither will they come into the light lest their deeds should be reproved. God wants to bring us into the light. He wants to shine, it says, the light into our hearts. He wants to quicken us in our understanding to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and to have a renewed spirit, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. The Bible declares it. It's happening. Jesus is coming. He already rose from the dead. Jesus is coming again. And I'm telling you, I can testify. Sometimes it doesn't seem like the darkness is going to go away. It, and, and I've asked, said, Lord, is this what my life is now? Sadness and gloom? Is, is this what? Now, if it is, give me the grace to endure it. But I can testify. We are in the dawning of the first day of the week. This is the Lord's day. First day of the week. Jesus rose from the dead. Praise the Lord. And because of that, we have hope of eternity the blessed hope, but not just that. We have the hope of this day, of this week, of the bright and shining day. Will we focus on the dark, get stuck in the dark? Will we wait on God? The sun's rising. The sun's rising. And like Brother Howells taught us, some of us ought to get up early one time in your life and realize the sun rises slowly. You know, most people get up at 9 or 10. Oh, the light's on. No, it rises slowly. We're, if you're in the dark, there's hope. Why? God is moving. The sun, let the, the uh, sun shine again. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I want you to think.